Today on Happy, Sad, Confused, there's a doctor in the house. Jodie Whittaker comes by to talk about her new role on Doctor Who. Hey guys, I'm Josh Horowitz. Welcome to the show. Welcome to another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused, where I am proud to say, yes, we have the newest Doctor. Uh, you are probably by now enjoying the new series of Doctor Who starring Jodie Whittaker. She has, of course, broken down some boundaries by being the first female Doctor long overdue. She's killing it, getting great reviews as well she should as it's not surprising considering um, she's been so well reviewed in, in all of her work. I remember her way back when on her film debut in Venus opposite Peter O'Toole, uh, a little film that you should definitely check out. Of course, she was in Attack the Block. She's done amazing television work. We cover it all in this wonderful conversation. Uh, in the midst of the craziness that was New York Comic Con, Jody came by the office to chat. We had, we'd only chatted relatively briefly at San Diego Comic Con a few months ago, but I knew immediately uh, I wanted her on the show because she was such a she's such a vibrant life force, <laughs> so much energy and enthusiasm, and that really comes through. So uh, for all you Anglophiles out there, this one is for you. And if you just want to hear a delightful conversation with an enthusiastic and talented uh, performer. This one's for you as well. That's all I'm going to say. Go check out Doctor Who. Uh, and in the meantime, remember to spread the good word of Happy, Sad, Confused. Review, rate, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Happy, Sad, Confused, where you can catch all the, the best filmmakers and actors out there. Uh, and that certainly applies to today's guest. So enjoy this chat with the one and only Jody Whitaker. She's great. Now I'm just slightly in awe. Jody's taking wow. in my office. What, you like the E.T.? Yeah. Isn't that comforting? Oh, Doesn't please. It bring you I, back? Can I have a photo with it afterwards? You can take it with you, whatever you need. Don't say that because I will. <laughs> okay, never mind. I, I, no. You can have a lot of photos. You, yeah. don't, no, don't take it. <laughs> and don't take my laptop. Don't take no, anything, don't actually. Don't laptop. I want E.T. <laughs> I'm not interested in your laptop. And that'll definitely get through customs. <laughs> Holding a, my hand. There's a lot in here for you. There's uh, Yeah, there's E.T., there's booze, there's movie posters. <laughs> yeah, well, you really, know me so well. <laughs> what exactly? So what more can you ask for in an office, yeah. right? <laughs> Um, thanks so much for stopping by, though. Today. No, this is brilliant. This is brilliant. As you can see, there's no uh, formality to this. This is as casual as we get. Um, but uh, I hope you're enjoying your time in New York. How's it yeah, going? Yeah, it's great. I, well, it's wonderful. It's just a little bit annoying that I'm, I'm in room to room and not seeing in New York and hanging out in New York. You're but... saying you'd rather be in a room with a window and air in it? <laughs> yeah, or just out box? on a street. <laughs> seeing human beings? The, um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's brilliant. And it's, I, I think just the thing about, for us, is we've had such a long time of secrets that finally... Yeah. Now, because it's Comic Con, it's going to be shown at Comic Con. We are getting to share all this hard work because that—that's just—it's like a long time coming. Yeah, <laughs> it is a long time. So, how long ago? Okay, well, you were cast. Let's get the timeline down. When were you cast? So I was cast a couple of months before the reveal. The reveal was in July of seventeen, <laughs> at the end of Wimbledon, the the Wimbledon men's final. Okay. Um, we have to just associate with any a significant British event, basically. That's that's the way we do things. Yes. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> Not won by a Brit, <laughs> but you Close know, enough. It was at an least event. you hosted it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think Roger Federer took that title. He wins them all. Um, so well done, won. well done, Rog. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So and then the the reveal happened, and then two days after that, I shot the regen right. sequence. Obviously, they couldn't sneak me in before because it would leak. Spoilers, spoilers. And then we started shooting on the 30th of October, 17, and we finished August 18. 
Amazing. Yeah. Okay, so you've had a little a moment breather. Have you had time off oh, since? A moment breather on this. It's like, <laughs> can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do this? <laughs> yeah, go on then. But it is brilliant. I love it. And and actually, I haven't. I, it, there was a really long gap for me of not seeing Brad Mandipantosin mm-hmm. from August until the middle of September, and it was too long. Right. <laughs> so, Good so that was that was that was brilliant. Would they I agree? Do him. they feel the I same? Think, or I, think they... to, I think um, Tosin plays it pretty cool, but I know deep down deep he's, down, he he's needs as enthusiastic you. as Mandip and Brad. <laughs> Playing it too cool for school. He man. is horizontally laid back. <laughs> So, <laughs> which is not what I would describe you as, perhaps. Absolutely not, and, and neither is Brad, and neither is Mandip. So the poor guy is probably exhausted. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I, out of all of us, I am not the most manic. What? Fifty-eight-year-old Bradley Walsh is exhausting. <laughs> I adore him, but he is exhausting. He exhausts you. Everyone, <laughs> everyone in his life. It, how does amazing. that manifest? What's the? Oh, he's just like a, he's just a teenage boy, like trapped inside this grown-up exterior. He just fart noises, like putting props <laughs> in your pockets and midway. You're like, ah, oh, what? And you, you know, my, my phenomenal take. I have to go again because he <laughs> or he's moved something round or he's pulling a face in the background. But it, it is the most joyous environment to be in because we are on this incredible set with these incredible people having the time of our life and and we're really close and we respect each other and give each other the space to work, but we also have a very good sense of humour, (laughs) which is necessary for these long hours. I'm sure. And and you're in such an an odd and unique situation where it it would be... It would be cruel to kind of go through it alone. You need some compatriots yeah. to kind of like commiserate with like, this is crazy, right? Yeah. yeah this and is I, crazy. And I know from the, obviously from the history of it, that having three is a lucky, lucky thing. You know, mm. not everyone gets three mates in it. So right. I am, I'm enjoying every second of that. Because obviously it shares, it shares the, the responsibility and the, the energy spread out and for the audience, they get to see this through four different perspectives right. and, you know, four very different ones as well. So, so let's let's circle around back since we have I know, some sorry, time. Sorry, I keep going off. No, I love it. I, it, it it's because uh, ET's looking at me and he's giving me inspiration. <laughs> he's like, keep talking, I'll keep be talking. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you could be the voice of the new ET reboot, a manic and ET. Thank you very much. I'm not that manic. <laughs> In the audition, I would be very calm. <laughs> yeah, let's do your E.T. audition. Okay, yeah. reading for E.T. now, uh, Ms. Uh, Jody Whitaker. I think E.T. would have a Yorkshire accent for a start <laughs> <laughs> because people from Gallifrey have a Yorkshire accent at the moment, so it's Okay, fine. yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk to me. What, what adjectives would you assign to young Jody Whitaker? What was she like? Young? Yeah. The, the, uh, I would say uh, bubbly. Mm-hmm. Uh, energetic, questioning, and not very self-conscious. So just sort of like... I've uh, got an older brother, you, you know, mm-hmm. I, I was perpetually humiliated. It, it, it takes a lot to embarrass me. It takes a lot for... <laughs> it, I t- it takes a lot for any sense of vanity to kick in for me because all that was stripped by an older brother. <laughs> he just broke you down early on. mates. <laughs> so How much older? Like, it's two and a half years, mm. but oh man... He, he, he's like, I've made who you are today. <laughs> okay. <laughs> have, have, you, have you finally earned his respect uh, now that you? Well, you've... now it's full circle, and I'm absolutely delighted that in all our local areas where we were brought up and have known both of us our entire life, he's now known as Jody's brother. <laughs> <laughs> 
cruel His fate. identity <laughs> has been completely stripped, and so it should. That's that's for putting a clothesline across the end of the drive and chasing me down. It all comes full circle, man. Oh, I've just noticed. Yes. Oh, little what? Little Aviation. Like, we're supporting nice Ryan. That. We're supporting Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds. It's a, it's a, it's a lovely bottle. <laughs> Isn't it? Isn't it? Yes, in my life. This is apparently where the money is now. If you're George Clooney, he didn't. I know. He, Ca- Casa. Casamigos. Like yeah, they sold Casamigos. for a billion dollars. I know. Jody, I mean, you're in the wrong business. I, know. I think I would. What kind of booze would you sell if you were if you attached your name to a line of booze? Uh, oh, wine. Wine. Just like that, a nice that, little vineyard, like yeah, a nice. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but if I could attach my name to anything, it'd be. Probably biscuits. <laughs> because uh, I think biscuits. Now, when you say biscuits, you're not talking about American biscuits, right? Because I, I don't I, know what's it. What? Well, like, like, I think of like I the. I like, translator. Come on. No, a well, how, would you, how would you define a biscuit in your in your world? Like a custard cream. Okay. Do you have them? Yeah. Chocolate digestive. Hopnob. <laughs> <laughs> now you're just floating every term that we never use around here in my face. As if just to point out all the <laughs> differences between us. There's a couple of people us. who maybe live here but are from there. They're going, oh, I'm really homesick right now. <laughs> but you, you have significant American associations. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Namely so, in the house. Namely in the house. I'll be very brief on this subject. But it, um, <laughs> yeah, I am uh, married to an American from mm-hmm. Tucson. And so I've spent a lot of time in Arizona and a lot of time in the States. And I feel incredibly welcomed here. And, you know, half of my family are American. And... and and as a surprise to me, after I told them I got the job, a lot of my family here are Hoovians. Oh, yeah. And I didn't just limit it. Yeah, yeah, I didn't just yeah. limit it to, to like, UK friends and family. It was, wow, a lot of my family here are as well. Who, and I think I've probably ruined it for my nephews <laughs> no. now. And they're like, oh. <laughs> That's what they're doing? Oh. I respectfully disagree with the choice. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Who, who in your immediate vicinity was the most exci- excited about you getting this? Like, who in your family or friends? Oh, I think... I mean, I think in my close bubble um, and my core group, I think all of them for very different reasons. Right. I think, you know, Just your, what it your meant parents, you. yeah, yeah. your parents, because they've, you know, they've been through it all with you, you know, and, and they've, they, you know, them, them supporting this decision, which at the time could have appeared to a different set of parents as a, a ridiculous aspiration was a supported dream from them. And, you know, right. and then, and, and then I stuck at it and I was supported at sticking at it and yeah. this paid off. But I think, you know, like lots, lots of my mates, um, are happy about it. I think sometimes the, a few of my mates might be a bit annoyed now that whenever we go places, I'm whispering cause I'm so paranoid. <laughs> And they'll like, just speak up. Nobody cares. I don't care. <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm just, I'm a pretty big deal now, guys. <laughs> I have to whisper in my order at a restaurant. Yeah, they yeah. Might, it might leak out. I'm like, oh, get off your high horse, love. Um, but yeah, but I think, I think growing up, I was really, uh, so, well, I was really influenced. I love your office. I know it's a podcast, and no one, no, no one's seeing this. By but now, people listening know what's in my weird yeah, office. Yeah, yeah, of course. Good. And uh, but but this is my this is my playground as a kid. All all this. All the eight, you know, I'm born in '82. All the creature features, all the, you know, the, but but also then the indies that kicked in once I was a teenager, and then we started to realise that a, a film could be yeah. three people in a very intimate family drama, and that was okay. It didn't need to be, yeah. you know, epic. And and so cinema and television have had this huge effect on me my entire life because I 
I, my way into everything was make believe. Yeah. E- even even now, like I kind of give everything a voice. <laughs> what, 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 <laughs> my what, poor family. <laughs> <laughs> like, da, 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 picking up cutlery. A one woman talk. show. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need friends. <laughs> <I know. laughs> so what were the the the, the shifting um, the, the movies or TV shows that shifted sort of your worldview? So so before I had a conscious that I was affected by it. I think E.T. Goonies particularly, and yep. um, that that is responsible for this journey for me because it was so impactful on me as a child because it spoke to me in that it had adult themes, it had big emotional questions and a sense that children can save parents and I loved that idea that the heroes weren't taking the form that a lot of films take that form but also in the 80s and 90s there was so much uh, cinema re- really tuned into that camaraderie of friendship groups, you know, Stand yeah. By Me and 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 people working together, but those people being the young ones and, yeah. you know, and like Lost Boys and all that kind of stuff. And I think I loved Never Ending Story, but I was terrified. I mean, the <laughs> nothing, the concept of the nothing still gets me. That is, am I allowed to swear? Yeah, please. That is some dark shit. <laughs> I mean, literally dark, it's nothing. Well, that's but, the but whole that thing. But that concept, I mean, you're a kid when you watch Like, I, I watched it, you know, when it came out. And there's there's this nothing Well, that's what <laughs> coming I It's funny you say that because I had this conversation with someone recently. I think, because I haven't seen this new film, but there's a new film from Eli Roth called The House of the Clock and Its Walls. Yeah, I haven't and, seen uh, it. But I, what I've heard him Jack talk, Black. yeah, exactly. Yeah. His approach to it uh, makes me excited to see it. And he's right, is that those films in the 80s you're talking about, like Never Ending Story, um, were dark. Yeah, and really labyrinth. De- labyrinth. I mean, you wish your brother, you, you wish just, your baby brother away and then it happens. That's terrifying. <laughs> Time bandits. Uh, yeah, the yeah, the yeah. parents die at the end. Yeah. Uh, what, uh, oh, Flight of the Navigator. Yeah. Oh, I loved that film. I just watched The Dark Crystal this week. Do you know what? I have never seen it. Oh. I know. I know. I've yeah, never seen it. You need to fill it. that gap, yeah. But, but do you know what? I uh, Massive... Back to the Future fan, yeah, but I haven't seen it for years, and I watched it on the plane over. <laughs> Did you really? Did yeah. it hold up? Yes. <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, That's the right kick answer. me out the room. <laughs> but I saw. Uh, oh, it's ter- terrible to see it on a plane. But I saw Ready Player One. As <laughs> Whatever well. form it takes, I, still I, great. Oh, I loved it. Absolutely loved it, and it just evokes that nostalgia, but 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 incredibly modern as yeah. well, and and everything that that. The cinema and um, gaming and all those things eventually end up being, but without losing what's gone before. Right. Which is a good segue for Doctor Who. Amazing. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. So, and, and accidental. Not <laughs> She's a pro, guys. Um, so when you get started, and uh, it seems like acting was always going to be the pursuit, um, what was the first way in? I mean, you went to school for it. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, I think we, we have a different school system, but where I'm from in Huddersfield, which I would just like to clarify is actually spelled H-U-D-D-E-R-S-F-I-E. LD. When I was on the Colbert the other night, they quickly tried to subtitle what I was saying and it came up as Hoodlesfield or something. <laughs> Sounds like a Dr. Seuss place. <laughs> yeah, it looks so much better in the way they put it, but it's actually Huddersfield. Okay, for the record. Um, so there we go. Um, You're but, welcome back home now. Yeah, um, so um, when I, yeah, when I was growing up and in that area, you you did, uh, I think, did you got primary school what's that elementary yeah yeah 
then I had middle school, mm-hmm. then high school. That's in that's unusual in the UK to have three. You okay. usually go at you know primary, elementary to high. I don't know. I don't yep. get it. Okay. But but that's what. But we had this middle school section, and I. But you can leave school at sixteen. In the, I don't know. Can you still now leave school at sixteen? I don't know. But when you know when I graduated in ninety eight, yeah. I was leaving school at sixteen and choosing then to go do two years of like a performing arts course somewhere else. Just, but essentially that wasn't to hone in on any skill for me. That was to kill two years because at 12 or 13, I decided I was going backpacking for a year and I'd started secret squirrel saving without (laughs) telling anyone because I always had a job and I was lucky to get pocket money. And so I, I... I like I buried that stuff under the bed and I casually threw into conversation about, you know, at 17. I was like, oh, for my 18th birthday, could I have some help going travelling because I really want to go backpacking for a year. And my dad naively went, yeah, yeah, you know, if you start saving, thinking how he was giving me start six months, saving. if you start saving, <laughs> you can, um, you know, I'll help you out, double what you save and we'll get you a ticket to go for your 18th. scammer. Yeah, and then when I presented my account, <laughs> where the you know, let me have that. I was like, every job that I've ever had has gone in there. And so essentially, for me, it was never, I never wanted to be a child actor. There was not a way in for me to be a child actor, but I always wanted to go travelling. Right. And I knew that if I was going to be an actor and I was going to study acting, it was going to be full-time. And I felt that that then might pass me by and I didn't want it to, that kind of gap year thing. We we have it a bit more. It's very common in the UK right. to take a gap year. There's not as much, um, I think, obviously, with, you know, the states make a bit of difference. They're going in state, out state. For us, you know, there's not that kind of complication. It's very small. So taking year out is pretty normal. But I hadn't got a place. So I went backpacking for a year and came back and worked in, like, the local pub. And then the whole plan from being a kid was I'm going to go backpacking, work, and then go to drama school in London and then graduate and become an actor. That is incredibly naive, but the jammy little shitbag that I am, that actually worked out. It happened. Yeah, it did. So that's exactly what I did. And I wanted to go to London because it was my way in to London. I've always wanted to live there. And the training I had was extraordinary and it was vocational, not academic, which works for me in my kind of approach. And it was three brilliant years. True that the... um the first official stage experience that's at the Globe with none yeah. other than Mark Rylance. Yeah, and his, he was the artistic director for years yeah. and it was his very last season and he was doing a three-man Tempest, which was extraordinary. It was just a masterclass by the, the three actors. And um, But you each company do two shows, but obviously there's only three people in their show. So they, they cast some extra sure. actors. And I was in my third year and... I'd recently signed with my agent and a casting director saw me in a show and said, oh, you know, come and audition. And so I I auditioned on like the Friday and I left drama school on the Monday about, I don't know, eight weeks early, something like that, and and walked into my very first professional job on the Globe stage with Matt Rylance. Was, was he, because like, I I think Americans came to him rather late and like... Yeah, I, for I, us, it's, you know... At the time though, he was already celebrated as like, oh on the God. stage as like a genius. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and absolutely, particularly because he'd been the artistic director as well. So it wasn't right. only his performances, it was his vision of that building. Right. Um, but yeah, and he, I was really lucky because the show I was in with him was a farce and it was a comedy farce that had interactions from the audience and anyone who's ever been to the globe if you've never been it's the replica of of the 
you know, the original theatre, Shakespeare's Globe. And it's got no roof, so if it rains, it rains. <laughs> Everyone's wet. Yep. And the planes go over and you can hear the party boats going up the Thames mm-hmm. sometimes to really break the fourth wall. <laughs> and uh, But ours didn't have a fourth wall because ours was all interactive. And he would just riff every night. And he, it was, for all of us, we just, we played every night and the, the 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 story would be slightly different someone would fall over and corpse it was extraordinary and not really very realistic for the rest of of the profession <laughs> but i was like oh this is fun being an actor isn't it it's funny because like yeah i've been struck by the playfulness that he brings to like the whimsy in his eye like, yeah. it, like he just ready ready player one what he brings to that role yeah, for instance absolutely brilliant. unrecognizable at first it really i mean the fact that he goes for it in that way like yeah. after we've seen him in things like Bridge of Spies and yeah. on stage. I saw him in Jerusalem here. And yeah, was, that was amazing. the first time I saw him. Oh my amazing. God. Absolutely amazing. And I think that's the thing, you know, you, but you, but being on stage with someone as well is being able to see someone be so open to whatever you're doing as well. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't a, a, a private show. It wasn't his show. It was, a, it was an ensemble right. and he was very much part of that ensemble. And that's a great learning thing for a kid. You know, you're 23, it's your first professional job and you're learning from the good ones. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, another like seminal experience right off the bat. And I'm, I remember seeing this film when it came out and it was huge. Cause I was, uh, you know, as you can tell, I'm a film geek. So like growing up, Peter O'Toole was somebody that I revered. Yeah. The legend that he is. <laughs> I mean, truly. Yeah. Uh, and you saw him, you worked opposite him in a hugely significant way in a great film called Venus, um, that earned him an Oscar nomination and launched your career. Yeah, absolutely um, did. I owe a lot to that. Experience I would, I would in that think. Film. So, give me a sense of sort of what it's like to see him up close and personal. He, these are the later years in his life. Was he still vibrant? Was to he not still reduce it or to be to objectify? But he was absolutely beautiful, and you know, and I worked with him, and he was mid seventies, yeah. and there was and he lived the, the life. You cannot <laughs> describe those blue eyes. Yeah. The, the, he was extraordinary. He was hilarious. And as a 23-year-old, and we would have, I imagine if someone had documented that, if that was the time of phones and videoing and just, you know, kind of recording every single moment of your life, I can't imagine the the chats that could have got recorded there. Because, you know, I was just really naive as well, just chatting away. So what were you in? All right. Did you enjoy doing that? All right. You know, and stuff. Or he'd say something. I was like, no, totally disagree. And we would, but there was just us two. There was no, he was a very extraordinary actor who was wonderful to be around and all continually fascinating. I mean, every story I'd say to him, I'd be like, my mum says that when you were younger, you were on stage and this happened. He went, probably. <laughs> and that was it. You know, but he, rega- he would he would live up to it all because he'd regale you with stories. But then in the scenes, he was extraordinary and he worked so... He just showed you that you never give up working. You don't yeah. become blasé. You are continually trying new things. And, and it was... That was a performance. I was like, I'm quite nostalgic of the performance because I'll never have that first time on screen again where you really have no technique. Right. Like, we did a scene where we were walking, there's a scene where Jesse, the character I play, is drunk, out of a theatre and was staggering up the street. 
and it was one of the first takes and the camera was miles away. So I just shouted all my lines. He's like, you've got a fucking mic on. And I was like, oh, nice. Right, I didn't realise they could hear. <laughs> I didn't realise. I just, I didn't know. You know, and like, they kept putting these like sausage thing marks on the floor and I just kick it away. I was like, what's annoying? I'll tread on it. That's <laughs> like, where it's no, supposed to be. That's where you got to hit that. <laughs> what, every time? Every time? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I think I looked in the lens. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. And I think... Oh, and also absolute classic. So my character, I put on, I don't know how to say it in uh, American Americanese, weight. yeah. But, uh, but I put on quite a few pounds for the role okay. because the mm-hmm. character was, in every scene that I read, I got the job, you know, quite about six, seven weeks before we start shooting. And in every scene she's eating. Right. And I am a very sporty person mm-hmm. and, uh, and at that time was, you know, running loads. And I just was like, you can't, right. you can't do that. That that girl don't run, right? And has a pot noodle for breakfast or a cheeseburger for breakfast. So, you ne- I needed to soften up and to embrace that. So I started just basically eating for the entire time, and but I naively. Now the technique, if my character eats in a scene, it generally pushes its food around because four hours later, oh, I do yeah, not yeah, want yeah, that roast yeah. dinner. Whereas, <laughs> no matter how delicious well, after six on hours. That, I, I like, well, I'd eat the entire cheeseburger in this one take. You've got to do that again. What, from every angle? <laughs> yes. And things like that are just fun now because you just, I'd love to work with me then. But then also the performance, I think, from both of us was so... They're just a kind of beautiful antithesis. It was, yeah. the, it was towards the end of his career without even realising, and it was actually the beginning of mine. And and those differences, but then melding together in a really in, interesting piece of, Absolutely. The, of cinema. Yeah, for those that haven't checked it out, I would highly recommend going back to it uh, from director Roger Michelle. It's a yeah. great piece of work. Um, so in the years after that, I mean, like, you know, we talk about these kind of seminal experiences right off the bat and you've been working very steadily through yeah. and we can talk about things like Broadchurch and Attack the Block. Attack the Block, thank you. Love Attack the Block, come <laughs> on. You know I'm going to talk about yeah, Attack the Block. Yeah, I was going to say, in this office, I was like, I'm being a bit good uh, if Attack the Block didn't yeah. come up. <laughs> but um, I guess I'm just, my general question is in the years after Venus especially, it seems like you were steadily working and getting, uh, you know, having a thriving career. Did it feel that way? Or was it sort of like, were you cursed with like these great opening opportunities and having to live up to it after the fact? No, it didn't feel like that at all. I think I don't really have that personality in that sense. I'm kind of, I'm I'm quite good at being in the moment as much as you can be. Right. And um, especially at that time, because that time was before everything being, I'm not, I'm not trying to sound like an old person, person and but but now because we have uh, we we know how everyone feels about every decision yes and because immediately Mm -hmm. so there is a sense i imagine and now there is a sense of how much pressure do you feel for this for this for this well you you feel pressure because you hear about that pressure whereas actually you know uh, however many 13 years ago you, you got a job no one knew about that job till it came out and if it weren't very good Still, people didn't hear about it, so that was fine. No harm, no foul. There was no kind of like (laughs) like social media onslaught because no one saw it. But um, I think the thing that came after Venus, because Venus essentially... What what happened a lot after that was where did Roger Michelle find you? And I was like, I am classically trained. I I played a role and I did a lot of characterization. Right. That is not me. Yeah, it's not like Jesse is not exactly, me. Exactly. And but but because of that, I was really supported by um, my agent at the time, who was incredible at giving me the the option as an unknown actor yeah. to say no to 
that part over and over and over again, particularly because because it was, you know, there's, it, it accents mean a different thing in here to, to the UK. You can't go 30 minutes without an accent being totally changing it also has a um a class associated with it right. my voice is is a yorkshire accent and stereotypically it has a working class sound mm-hmm. in that sense and so those roles and to say right well that's it you're a northern actor you're a working class northern actor and for me i just thought i, I don't want to have gotten this much debt <laughs> to only to do, do one that type of thing. Yes. the bit that i could have done before i even went to bloody drama school right. <laughs> so i was like oh, really the whole point of this is to yeah do a few so, different so things. i was really lucky i went through i went through tv and stage yeah. and film but i did because of venus I, I jumped. I didn't jump into, you know, I wasn't Wonder Woman, but I jumped in, I, I missed out, you know, the kind of, the 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 fourth person to speak in a scene of one episode, and then, which, you know, I so in a weird way, the chip I had for a long time was I didn't feel like I'd earned it because I'd missed, I'd missed the job. The struggle, bit. that kind of, yep. I'd really missed it. And so even though I wasn't um, stratospheric after it, I was propelled enough to know that I'd not had it hard. Right. But what I often found, and particularly doing like press for Attack the Block, I'd worked continually through that time, you know, indies, loads yeah. of indie films in the UK, uh, you know, short films, TV, things like that. But when I did Attack the Block, because it had a certain, it had, it was a certain scale yep. and it had, a, it, you know, it was, it was a film that opened worldwide, not just in the UK. A lot of the press was, where have you been? I was like, I've been, I've been really busy. <laughs> um, did you, do, you know, is this your comeback? I was like, well, I hope I'm only 26. <laughs> I didn't think I'd, I didn't think I'd gone anywhere, you know? So I think we have a misconception of what is working and what it isn't. Totally. You know, for me, I was at work every day and I was really lucky. I, I was surviving off an actor's wage. And 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 I, there were times there were gaps and you were doing other stuff, but but I, n- I never had that to I never had that year out of work right. And 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 I was given Venus at a point where it put me in a box of actors that you know I would sometimes in my insecurity go I don't know if I should be in that box, but I'll take it <laughs> <laughs> gladly. Um, attack the attack the block. I would think for a number of reasons, like the kind of stuff we've been talking about, like eighties films uh, hmm. and genre films, must have ticked a, a, a few boxes for you. Yeah. Um, I still can't believe Joe Cornish hasn't directed another film. I mean, he has he now. Has, he has. I, I can't wait to the see it. Will be king. I cannot wait. I mean, it's going to be amazing, and um, it will be. It will absolutely for any Joe Cornish fans out there. It's going to be worth the wait because he is meticulous and he he is uh, he is a grafter. Hence the time space between these two. Right. And, and I know he had opportunities to do kind of like franchise yeah, yeah, things, does. et cetera. Yeah, and like, and so. he, he, you know, and he's an incredibly passionate filmmaker. And, yeah. But I think the thing, I was, start, so there's a show in the UK, if you're a 90s kid who was too young to go out right. and you were staying in at weekends and you were, you know, watching TV a little bit late, there was a comedy show on called The Adam and Joe Show. Okay. And Adam Buxton is, you'd know him from like Hot Fuzz mm-hmm. and he's the, he's the journalist in Hot Fuzz who has a very unfortunate end when the spire 
crushes him. <laughs> Spoiler. Um, but you know, he's in he's in loads of stuff. But he has a he has a massive podcast in the UK as well. Um, but Adam and Joe were this comedy duo. And some I walked into my audition. Like John Boyega was not walking into his audition audition starstruck. He was too young. I walked in and went, Hi. <laughs> Hi, Joe Cornish. And because he'd done comedy, I was just expecting him to be really full of banter. But he was a director and he was he wanted to see what I could do with the se- the scenes. Whereas I was like, I really want to talk to you about Titanic. <laughs> which was this, it's a very specific niche story, which I won't explain. If anyone knows Titanic, hilarious. Um, so, I, so I kind of fumbled my way through this first thing. But what I really remember from the audition was it wasn't sat in a chair being taped to camera where you don't really move. Mm. It was like my other audition that was similar to that, which was for the doctor. It was, that's your prop, move around the space. Now I can do that. What I can't do is contain to the box that is, this is the window of your audition, which will not reflect anything that will happen if you actually get the job. Whereas he went, I want to see you in action. And I knew from there I was fighting my ass off for that part. And I really had to fight for for that role was was john kind of like the raw talent that you were in back in venus like was it kind of like it was a little it, bit I think of a reversal all the kids in all the ki- kids i said i mean it with much affection but they were in their team you yeah. know they're in their early teens and i they were ex- about john boyega yeah john boyega yeah. they were extraordinary they i you you walk to to single him out and and purely because you know he we we know who he is now sure. and working with him then that he oozed something you cannot teach. And he's absolutely lovely and funny and just a a good guy. But at that point, you want a guy or a boy to me. And and they call me Mrs. Wicker. Like like I was an art teacher, like, yeah, Mrs. Wicker. I was like, I'm not that much older than you. (laughs) Come on, mate. And it was just, it was, I adored that process of being in this group of young actors and, yeah. and weirdly always being the young actor on set, I was suddenly one of the right. maturer ones, but but still in that playful world. But he he had what you can't teach and right. you can't kind of explain it. And I think you obviously know now, whereas we were like, we know. We, we, we see it. <laughs> we, we know, you just wait, you just wait. And But then when it came out and there was we were this... You know, we we had the... I think we had a poster shoot. I, I'd not done anything that had a shoot for the poster. I right. knew it was going to be cool and it was going to be absolutely class because we posed for the poster. Everything else I'd done, it was like, oh, let's just take that still, that still and put, put it together <laughs> and it'll be fine. It'll cost a tenner, it'll be absolutely fine. Whereas this was, this in, this was fan art from the actual point of view of the filmmaker selling his own film he created his own fan art and i i was on that and i it, it it's still anything the fan art to do with uh, with attack the block warms my heart because it was an extraordinary time so so, so jumping around as we uh, you know having two people like us we both go on tangents yes, which is great no it's good um so prior to who uh, doctor who like, was that far and away the, the craziest kind of audition you'd, you'd ever done? Like, had you ever been up for something of that scale before? For the Doctor. For the Doctor. Um, like, did you do, like, the requisite Harry Potter or Star oh, no, Wars no, no, auditions no, 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 or anything no, no, like that? No, no, I've been up for a few stuff that I didn't know what I was going in for, where you self-tape for these sides and then some massive American film would come out. I was like, 
oh my god you never guess what I auditioned for that <laughs> like, no, two years you later you find out yeah I was like I did I really remember saying those lines and now I'm, I, I'm absolutely certain I was not right for the part that person is much better and um, and I don't think my tape will have been seen <laughs> and that message in a bottle did not did not go but um yeah this this I think the thing about this was I've been up for loads of stuff in the sense of, you know, I've been really lucky. I've got great people putting me up for things and people believing in me. But, you know, and I've gone up for stuff that I'm like, I'm not going to get this. I, I, it was the first time of something this scale that it wasn't ridiculous. Right. It was, no, I could get this. Not only could I get this, I want this more than I can describe. Particularly fascinating to me because I'm not, at that point, a Hoovian. Right. So it wasn't like someone said, you know, do you, we're going to do Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, which controversially is my favourite. Oh, I know, but I everyone I gets you. so angry no, I love at it. it. I it's love like, it. Reds the Lost Act. Uh, yeah, that opening scene is like the best scene in like any movie ever. Amazing. <laughs> it's absolutely amazing. And, but you know, if they were going, you know, you've got a chance to audition for Indy, I, I'd be so excited, but I'd also have the context and the, okay, oh my God. Right. But with this, even the, without, I had a context, obviously, but but without being someone who'd seen everything, I knew You were viewing it as a role, as a, as, a, as, a, as a thing and not something that was so, it's intrinsic in, in you, but it's not intrinsic in the way that Indiana Jones is, I guess. Yeah, yeah and it was, like, but it was that thing of, I thought, I, I couldn't believe how accessible it was. Yeah. And I, fell totally in love with the Doctor immediately from the... Well, I suppose the energy I was allowed to bring to the seat... I'm always, I always say, it was in the writing, but I'm just sat next to Chris on a panel, and Chris always says, he says that I walked in and I brought this... I brought the Doctor to him, and I suppose I'm... I'm probably a bit too English to take the compliment, but but I must have I must have come in with something because I never felt like I was fumbling. Right. I never felt like I was grasping. What I felt was I really hope they know I can do this because I felt like I walked out of those meetings and I went, oh, that'd be so much fun. And I've only scratched the surface. And even now, after nine months of shooting, you, the wonderful thing about this role is you've only just scratched the surface. Yeah. And And that's kind of a... For anyone who doesn't have the context of the show, that might seem bizarre, but it really isn't because it's so mercurial, the character, and you can you can bring something new to every moment. I'm curious, like when they're when through these tests and, and, and talks with the you know, the writers and creators, like in a way you're you're interviewing and you're trying to get a job, not just a role, but you're also as we know, it's bigger than just the role. It's representing the show and representing what this means. Like, even if you were the 75th male doctor, it would be a big well, deal. A I mean, can you imagine being... I mean, I don't know how old Matt was, but he was early 20s. Right, that was what? a shift too, That's yeah. That's huge, mm -hmm. and also that, that shift from, you know... Uh, relatively unknown to known. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and that pressure... I think there's a pressure on everyone. I think... Obviously, being the first female to play the role has ha, the, the the announcement has a, I suppose, it strikes a chord and a conversation mm. that hasn't happened before. Yep. But the pressure is no different from actor to actor. Right. And we as actors know that that you know any anyone is. There, there isn't anyone unqualified to come in and play an alien with two hearts. I mean, maybe we're all unqualified. You know, the gender is irrelevant, but right. but 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 it but it should. I, I appreciate this moment, and it sh and it is 
something to be celebrated, you know, being the first. But it, but it's only because it, it fits so seamlessly within the world of yeah. the show. I, I'm curious, though, like, do you feel like they were, like, auditioning you as, like, that representative as much as an actor? I don't like know. That? I mean, maybe. I, did, I didn't sense it. I sensed that I was auditioning for a role. And I think Chris knows me, though. That's another right. thing. Is I, I think if you... I think the thing that it will have helped is I... I love an ensemble. Yep. I've always, I've been, they're like my favourite jobs to be a part of uh, are ensemble pieces, you know, and also I really love hanging out with the crew. And, you know, in Broadchurch, we were really tight. All of us were really tight. Through all three seasons, like welcoming these new people and but the crew as well. And, it, and I think don't be, don't be that person on set that, you know, we, I just don't, I, I, I don't, I've got an ego. I've got a healthy ego. I do not think my job is more important than somebody else's. And if I did, I I like the fact that someone would be very quick to tell me that it isn't and I would find that <laughs> hilarious. Like, all right, who do you think you are? Well, I think I'm the doctor. <laughs> so, you know, and I, I think he knew that if I was in this role, I wasn't going to make it miserable for anybody. I was right. going to be respectful of... Of, of everybody's role and know that without it, we ain't got a show. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. If there's no time for other people to have that, you know, to, to do the, to put this incredible score on it or this prosthetics or, and I'm turning up three hours later, just, just don't, he knew I wasn't that person. And I think that will have obviously helped because that's the, I suppose, the management side of it, if you are the person who is in the most and, and welcoming new people all the time. Right. You, but but as far as the role, I think I was very much auditioned like every other of the actors will have been to see what was the essence and the energy that I brought. And and oddly enough, it's it's probably more similar to my my energy that it is, but also probably more of my energy at like 19, 20 uh -huh. that I can still tap into. Clearly. Even at the grand old age of 36. <laughs> oh, 22. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, um, Sorry, I forgot I'm in America. 17. Exactly. <laughs> Jody, <laughs> you've you're given 22. it all away. <laughs> um, so you've shot the first series of this and you've been shot out of repeated canons since then. I saw you at San Diego Comic-Con and that must yeah. have been like... I don't even know well, what... Well, you must have been exhausted. You had, like, <laughs> show, 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 panel, panel, panel. No complaints. I love it every year. Yeah. Um, but it must have been a blast for you. Amazing. And, yeah. and here, we're taping this, as we tape this, New York Comic Con is going on. Um, Which I haven't seen yet. You haven't been to Javits no, yet? No, ours, ours is on Sunday. And Got it's, it. What is it? Where are we now? We're on Friday? Friday, I yeah. think we're on Friday, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you and me both. We're both <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I'm on my way over tonight to do some uh, shenanigans over there. And it, yes, I mean, having survived at San Diego, you'll be, you'll be fine now this time. You know how to do this. But I'm just curious, like, was San Diego, was that first kind of coming out party surprising yeah. in any way? I mean... Yes. The, the, I mean... I, it was a love fest for you and that show. And the yeah, show for the and show. It was amazing. And it was amazing. And also just... When people said, oh, that's the... We, we were driving around like a few a few hours before, I think, or maybe even the night before, and someone said, oh, that's the queue. And I was like, the queue for what? For, for the panel? <laughs> Are you kidding? Like, oh, my God. Like, that, that commitment. And I just found it really overwhelming and, 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 and kind of sums up the who world in that sense of 
it's very inclusive and very, you know, it's, you're very much welcomed into the family. But then also just seeing people that are just fans of fandom yeah. <laughs> and and that they're they're the ones that everyone's celebrating actually you know like I, I, what annoyed me was the lights were so bright so when we were in all h i couldn't see all the costumes and you know and, and it wasn't until the lights went up and the fan question started and you got people in the most extraordinary pieces of artwork draped on them but then like you said people wearing your costume and they haven't seen you do it yet but they've they've embraced you and they've welcomed you in and, and they're there to listen to the very tiny things you're allowed to say right now the uh, muzzle's off. Now you can talk. Well, not yet. I'm come out yet. <laughs> when does this go out? Let's go out after the premiere. So oh, right. I'm not okay, gonna, okay, well, okay. we won't get into spoilers anyway. We yeah, want to retain yeah. some secrets. Case. Just in case. I don't want you to lose your job uh, heading into <laughs> yeah, the second yeah. series. Um, well, I, 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 you know, I've had in here a couple of... Uh, Veterans of the of the Who universe. I've had, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, Karen Gillan has been here. Matt's been here. I've never had a sitting doctor, so this has been an honor oh, to great. have you in here, Jody. I mean, yes. I, I feel like everybody knows that the show is in great hands, uh, and your your energy, energy and enthusiasm and your talent um, are going to make the role fantastic. And I, I I can't wait to see what you bring to it. Thank you. Thank you so much for stopping by. No, You're this is great. Here. Thank you very much. Thanks, Jody. Don't take ET. Actually, now that I think about it, I want ET to stay. No, I'm not taking ET, okay. but I do want to cuddle. Okay, you can cuddle and you can take the aviation. Thank you. Is it deal? <laughs> and so ends another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Remember to review, rate and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley and I definitely wasn't pressured to do this by Josh. 